Hey there, are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish, or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here, and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website, yogiscopes.com slash chart. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Yogi Scopes podcast, or welcome if it's your first time joining us. Either way, I'm super glad you're here, and I want to start off by saying thank you for those of you that are uh, some regular listeners, members especially. Um, Thank you for your patience. As you know, I've mentioned that Saturn is retrograding through my 12th house, and Saturn has connections to routines and habits and structures in our life and 12th house is losses. So a big theme of Saturn retrograde in Capricorn for me personally has been loss of routine. And that has certainly showed up with how I show up with podcasting. I set out to have a regular day that I always release the podcast and that almost never happens, but I still do my best to get it out every week and things are just crazy. And I know because I've heard from you all too that this Saturn retrograde in Capricorn has been particularly challenging, especially for you Capricorn moons out there in the peak of your Sati Sati. Um, I feel you. I'm here with you. I am an Aquarius moon, so I'm also in my Sati Sati, which is, it means seven and a half in Sanskrit. So it's a seven and a half year period of just life being kind of hard and it's hard. It is hard. Like I do not want to diminish that at all because it totally is hard. It's hard changes oftentimes, but usually for your betterment. So that's a tangent that I didn't mean to go on right now, but I just wanted to say thanks for your patience because I've been kind of all over the place with what day of the week I release these episodes. And it's important to me to be consistent for you all so that you know you can count on me showing up every single week. And you can. I am i haven't actually, since maternity leave, I don't think I've missed a week of this podcast. I certainly have of my other podcast. Um, but the days that I release it on have been pretty erratic. And I'm hoping that that will change. But uh, well, let's get into, that, into what's happening this week um, to describe. So this week might feel like a kind of good week because do you remember back towards the beginning of the summer? Maybe if you're new here, you don't. It's okay. Um, but around the end of June and early July, I was saying it probably feels like a really good time because all of the planets just about were in their own sign. Um, and so those first couple weeks of July, had this really potent, powerful energy to make shifts if you wanted to. And now we're kind of back to that because this week, today actually, so over last night, as I'm recording this, it's Wednesday, August 17th. So over last night of the 16th, it was 
yesterday evening late, depending on what time zone you're in, it could have been this morning early, but over Tuesday night of the 16th into the 17th, um, no matter where in the world you were, somewhere over last night, the sun moved into Leo. And um, later this week, Mercury will be moving into Virgo. So on Saturday, uh, Mercury will be moving into Virgo. And so we're going to talk about primarily those two things and what they mean individually and how they work together. That's going to be what we're talking about today. But then um, we will get into some other notes, like um, just just so you know, because um, I, was, I was chatting with somebody recently about kind of the differences between Western and Vedic astrology and how to kind of tune out the noise because Western astrology is becoming extremely ubiquitous in our culture, um, especially in yoga culture. As I know most of you listening to this podcast, you know, you're probably, hopefully you're interested in yoga. Um, You might even be yoga teachers or Ayurvedic practitioners. So um, in, in yoga land in the U.S., I think I notice astrology becoming, maybe I notice it because I'm paying more attention but um, I notice it becoming more ubiquitous here in our culture, and it's largely a lot of Western astrology. So I'm going to talk about some similarities, some differences, um, some things to watch out for, and that kind of stuff as we go along for the ride. So first of all, here's what's happening this week. Um, so actually, I'm going to give you an outlook for the next like couple weeks, really, because you know where we're headed for the rest of August. So this week, Last night, Sun entered into Leo. We're going to talk about that individually. This Saturday, Mercury will be entering Virgo, where it will stay for a hot minute. Mercury sometimes only spends two weeks in a sign, two to three weeks in a sign. But this time, it's going to be in Virgo, where it is Moultracone. Uh, it does, which that just basically means it's like at its strongest. It's an excellent placement for Mercury. It means Virgo qualities are doing well. Mercury is doing well. Um, while Mercury's in Virgo, even, so the reason it's staying there so long, it will be there until October 26th. So that is over two months Mercury will be in Virgo. And that's because it's retrograding for about three weeks in September. So we're going to talk about that. Um, and then next Wednesday, Uranus is going retrograde in Aries. I super don't think this is a big deal, but we'll talk about it. Um, I might say a sentence or two more about it, but that's part of the discussion on some differences between Western and Vedic astrology that I want to bring up, um, today. And then next week we have, this is a housekeeping announcement quickly. We have a, um, new moon on August 27th, I believe. Yeah. Saturday, August 27th. So for those of you that are in the membership, you know, by now, that our new moon circles, I typically hold them on the Sunday before the new moon. But since this one was happening on a Saturday, I figured it it wouldn't be a big deal to have it on the Sunday that's technically after the new moon. It's the very next day. And so as you know, I always talk about moon phases last about three days. So I think as long as you're doing your practice within the three days. So to me, it made more sense to have the new moon circle be within the three days of the new moon phase rather than a week before. To me, that made more sense. So next week in, so this is the flow of things around here if you're new or if you haven't um, jumped into some of the other offerings yet other than this podcast. You certainly don't have to, 
But if you wanted to go deeper on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern time, uh, we have a free on Zoom 30-minute gentle movement and intention-setting practice with uh, about 10 minutes of guided meditation and about 10 minutes of movement. And then the other 10 minutes are either just me talking about the astrology or we might journal um, or I might do a longer meditation or a longer movement or both. Um, so 30 minutes, it's gentle movement, mostly typically seated on the mat, typically don't do any standing poses, just a nice way to wake up into your week, have an outlook for the week ahead, and do some movement and meditation to center with the astrological energies ahead. And it's free. It's a way to come and embody these astrological energies and start your week off on a positive note. Um, every week free on Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern time. So if that time zone doesn't work for you, for now, the recordings are only available in the membership, and I am super close to having the tech set up to where if you sign up, you'll have the recording automatically for like 24 or 48 hours. I can't remember. But anyway, so that's that's coming. That's in the works if you want to join. And then on Wednesday, we do a vinyasa flow, all levels flow practice that often starts with the same warm-up that we did on Monday, and then we go deeper with standing poses and and stuff to embody these energies on Wednesday. And then again, those recordings are, are housed in the membership. So for now, if you want to come, you can attend live, but you, if you want the recording, you have to join the membership. But somebody finally took me up on, on trying to drop in for free. Your first drop in is free to those Wednesday flows. So just write me a message on Instagram or email me or something if you want to drop in and come. Um, so next week will be about the new moon. And if you want to drop in and try it out on Wednesday, uh, you certainly can. Monday's always free. Wednesday, you can just write me a message and I'll get you the info to drop in. And then the following Sunday will be our new moon practice. So next week on the podcast, I'll be covering the new moon more in depth. Um, so now what's happening this week. Um, and then so the week after that, we'll be talking about September and what's happening in September, right? So just quick overview for the rest of October or August, October, I'm getting ahead of myself, y'all. Um, so Venus is entering Leo on August 31st. So for now, Venus is still in Cancer, being aspected by a retrograding Saturn in Capricorn. So for you Capricorns and Cancers, risings or moons, uh, like I mentioned on last week's episode, this could be a particularly transformational time, particularly challenging time. I'm here for you. You know, you can always reach out to me. Um, so, yeah, so that's just the thing that's going on. But let's talk about Leo. So, as I mentioned last week, the stuff happening last week might have been extra transformational for our Aries, Libra, Capricorn, and... Um, Cancer folks might have been a big week for you all this week related to Leo stuff might be a big week for our Aquarius Leo um, and Taurus and Scorpio. And the reason I say that is because the sun moved into Leo and we have Mars and Taurus, you know, I've been talking about that. Um, and now Mars and Taurus is aspecting Leo. I mean, it has been since it moved into Taurus. It's been aspecting Leo. But now that the sun's there, it's adding to this energy of 
um, you know, just like fiery energy. So we're going to talk about Agni and the third chakra. That's actually what we did this week. Just this morning, actually, in our Wednesday practice, we talked about third and fifth chakra related to the sun in Leo and Mercury in Virgo. So now I'm going to give you the more like lecture portion. So if you attended already the flow this morning, um, we embodied these energies, which is always the idea. So next week it'll be all about the new moon, but this week it was all about sun and Leo and Mercury and Virgo. So we did a lot of, um, third chakra and fifth chakra stuff, which are your solar plexus and does that sound familiar? Solar sun, um, and throat chakra, um, practices, neck releasing, core work, twisting, all this kind of stuff. So we'll get more into how that all worked together. Or if you want to just try it out, um, you can join the membership in the practice. The recording will be up. Um, and for those of you in the membership, it'll be up along with a sign by sign for what's happening this week. Um, so anyway, there's all this fiery energy going on. Mars in Taurus. Mar- Taurus is an earth sign. It's kind of g- grounding the fiery energy of Mars. I, if I had to like put put words to it, like from Ayurveda, if you're familiar with the doshas, Mars in Taurus is very like Pitakapa. And if you know what that energy is like, um, FYI on the, if you don't, I sent out the email I sent out last week. I included a bunch of episodes of the Science of Light where I covered the doshas and and more Ayurveda things. And we're, we're talking more about Ayurveda on that podcast this week that we'll release tomorrow. So Leo governs over your heart. So the fourth chakra couldn't be um, dismissed here. So it's not like we were working on third chakra and fourth ch- chakra separately. Definitely heart chakra was there in the practice. Um, but the idea is thinking about the relationship of your rib cage and your shoulders and your neck and all of that. So in a physical sense, we were working through that. Um, and then in a more intention setting sense, I suppose the third chakra is, it's your sense of self, um, that can kind of be like kind of similar to your ego, the, the lowercase s self, you know, in, in yoga philosophy, you might know, sometimes they describe the lowercase s self versus the capital S self. And the capital S self is this like divine spark you have within you. Um, and that might be your Agni, right? Your digestive fire, your inner fire that gives you your get up and go. But your sense of self also in like how you show up in your roles in life, your job, your your relationships, not just intimate partner relationships, but like your friends, your family, all that kind of stuff. Um, Sun and Leo, third chakra, it's like motivation, right? And so just like with Sun and Leo, the third chakra shadow side can be... Um, you know, being arrogant, leaning too much into the ego, um, being arrogant, being selfish, um, being stubborn even. And that shows up also with the Mars and Taurus aspecting. So Mars and Taurus can bring a very stubborn energy, stubborn like a bull, you know. So um, we want to lean away from those shadow side things like being arrogant, stubborn, stubborn. 
um, that kind of stuff, to have a balanced third chakra to show up well related to this um, Sun and Leo transit, it's it's a time to make sure you're... So if your Agni is burning purely, this this has physical implications as well as spiritual implications. And that's actually... So the episode of the Science of Light tomorrow that comes out is about... Ayurvedic cleansing, and I didn't plan it this way. I swear to y'all, I used to try harder to plan to make sure those episodes um, went along with the astrology in a very, very intentional way. And this time I didn't. I just, it's just the episode I had to release right now. And I'm talking about Ayurveda in August over there. And it just so turns out that this one is about uh, Ayurvedic cleansing, which you may have heard before. Um, and I had an expert on, you should listen to it because she also offered a very generous scholarship to two listeners at the end of the episode. So it'll drop tomorrow. So make sure you search up the science of light on your podcast player and hit subscribe. So, you know, when it drops, um, or also I'll send out an email about it on Friday, but, um, just to remind you, but so Ayurvedic cleansing or really any cleansing, like cleansing with your diet, Um, And true cleansing, I mean, I don't just mean like trying to eat a little bit better. Um, It purifies your Agni. So there's this this notion with Agni. So your Agni is your digestive fire, but it also has connections to the third chakra. Like I've been saying, it has connections to your your sense of get up and go, your motivation. So if you've been feeling sluggish, right, it could be because you're kind of tired because you're not digesting well. Um... And so we talked about this, like, I get it. Cleansing is like, there are some, some kind of toxic ones out there that are like, oh, we're just going to starve ourselves and call it a cleanse. The Ayurvedic cleanse is not that. Um, it's, it's a kitchery cleanse. So you, you eat to your hunger levels the whole time. There's no like just starving yourself and calling it a cleanse with the Ayurvedic cleanse. Um, so listen to that episode to hear more about it and hear some myths debunked and things, but Um, the idea is, so it's kind of like, you know, you have your car, cars run on combustion unless you have an electric car and good for you. But if you have a, a, you know, older car and it's a, not an electric engine, they run on combustion. They run, they literally run on fire. Um, and there's oil in your car to keep everything lubricated and lubrication in Ayurveda is very kapha quality. Pitta is somewhat too, because pitta can be oily. Um, but so like I was saying, pitta kapha um, qualities are kind of being indicated right now with Mars and Taurus and Sun and Leo. And um, so the lubrication of your joints, similar to the lubrication of your your pistons in your car, right, um, is the idea. And do you drive your car for a jillion years forever without ever changing the oil? I hope not. I hope you get oil changes at least every 5,000 miles, if not every three. Um, so so that's the idea. Like, right, you, we put clean oil into our car, but it gets dirty sometimes. Um, and even though we have an oil filter, doesn't mean we don't ever change that filter or clean it out, right? So it's the, kind of the same idea with, cleansing. So I'm not saying everybody needs to go do a cleanse right now. I'm not doing a cleanse right now because I have a nursing baby 
and it would not be a good time to do a cleanse. So there's plenty of reasons why you might not do a cleanse right now. I'm not saying that's what you need to do related to this um, transit, but if you were experiencing imbalances related to your third chakra, it might be something to think about. Um, and so related to the chakras, you they can either be in balance, which in Ayurveda we would call sattvic, pure, or they can be a little overactive or a little underactive. And in, in Ayurveda, in yoga philosophy, we would call that rajasic for overactive or tamasic for underactive. And so, like I was mentioning before, if it's overactive, the third chakra, you might be leaning more towards ego, towards being arrogant or stubborn. If it's underactive, you might be having a hard time digesting your food. Um, you know, you might be feeling lethargic, not having a whole lot of motivation. Um, but if your third chakra is in balance, you might have a good drive, a good sense of self so that you're not being like codependent or being pushed around by what other people need of you, but you're able to take care of yourself in such a way that you can show up for others in the way that you need to. Like we've been talking about related to Saturn in Capricorn and Venus and Cancer over there, tune into last week's episode if you missed that. But the theme is boundaries and how can you create boundaries around yourself so that you can show up for others in the way that you want to. Um, yeah, so that's that's the Venus and, and uh, Saturn stuff going on. And we can't ignore that stuff just because there's other changes happening this week, right? Like I always want to highlight how all this stuff is working together. So now... While sun is in Leo, um, it could be a good time to kind of purify your Agni, purify your drive, right? So that could look like doing a cleanse. It could look like, I don't know, doing some sit-ups, working out. Um, we, we included some core work in this morning's practice. Um, so that kind of stuff. And then, so while I'm here talking about sun and Leo, I just, this seems like a good place to note um, Western astrology has been talking about Leo season and the lion's gate and all of these things. And I just, I always hear it and, and it's funny because it's like a, usually around the time I start talking about the sun moving in Leo, they're already on to the sun's moving into Virgo. It's almost Virgo season, blah, 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 all that stuff. And so I just want to say they're not, well, technically it's less precise because um, the sidereal zodiac that Vedic astrology uses is closer to astronomically accurate. And I covered that. I covered it a little bit on last week's podcast episode, but I also have an episode of the Science of Light that is, it's in my link in bio. Like if you go on Instagram and click my link in bio or go to yogiscopes.com slash link in bio, it also is in the show notes under social media, it says link in bio, you can click that. And there is one that says astronomy versus astrology. And it's a podcast episode where I interviewed somebody who knows a shit ton about astronomy. Um, and we talked about some of those things about how the sidereal zodiac is closer to astronomically accurate. Um, than, but it's still not perfect. Um, and if you want to know those nuances, that episode is there for that. Um, but also, I want to say 
to me, if y'all know me, like I mentioned about the new moon thing earlier, I am not that dogmatic. Like, I don't really give a shit. If you like Western astrology, uh, cool, fine. Um, I'm a Vedic astrologer. I think it can get confusing to try to follow both, but like I was mentioning earlier, Western astrology is extremely ubiquitous in our culture. It's getting more ubiquitous, it seems to me, which is good. That's fine. I'm glad that people are catching on to astrology um, because I enjoy it, but um, how do you sort out the noise? My advice for that, how I sort out the noise personally Because if you know, like, I was talking in the beginning of class this morning. I was like, Mercury's moving into Virgo sometime this week. I don't really fucking know when off the top of my head. But I can look it up. Like, when I record these podcast episodes, I have my notes right in front of me. But in real life, it's not that serious to me. In real life, I'm not, like, looking, like, I don't wake up in the morning like, oh, Mercury's in Virgo today. Um, And it doesn't feel like... To me, that huge of a shift immediately. And if you want to know the the more quick, quick shifting stuff, you would pay more attention to the moon for that rather than the sun, Mercury, all the other planets. Um, so we will be talking about that stuff in some membership workshops coming up soon or separate works. So... This is a good lead into Mercury and Virgo because Mercury and Virgo is very like back to school vibes. Um, I'm going to get into that in a second, but I just to finish up the discussion about Western astrology. So Vedic astrology also doesn't pay that much attention to the outer planets because when Vedic astrology was discovered, uh, those planets weren't discovered yet. Doesn't mean they weren't there. They just hadn't been discovered that and the, the outer planets, I mean, Uranus, Neptune and Pluto. And so now Lots of Vedic astrologers, especially because cultures just influence each other. That's just how it works. So um, there are lots of Vedic astrologers that are now incorporating um, the outer planets into their study. And I do sometimes, but not really. Um, and so I think there is va- there's validity in knowing a solid system and not just changing every time there's new information Um, So this is a tangent that I feel is important to go on right now. Like uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about how doctors, it takes about 10 years for the medical community to accept new research as uh, to, to bring it into standard of care. And when I first read that, I was like, what? Like you would think they would be incorporating new research as soon as it comes out. But then we hear things like, like recently, uh, I don't know if anybody else pays attention to Alzheimer's research the way I do because it runs in my family a lot. Um, the Alzheimer's research about amyloid plaques that was like 10, 15, 20 years ago maybe um, and has informed all the other Alzheimer's research for like since then was found to be fabricated data. So that's why it's a good thing, in fact, to not just change systems at the drop of a hat, you know, to be a little more careful. So what does that have to do with astrology? (laughs) I'm getting there. So I saw a meme this morning that was like, and I shared it on my Instagram stories. It was like, 
um, how West, it was from a Western astrologer and they were talking about like incorporate how Western astrology is just adding on all these like, um, asteroids and stuff. And there's, I hear tension in the Western astrology community about like which, which asteroids to pay attention to or not. So I find personally how I sort through the noise is I just pay attention mostly to the inner planets and I don't pay attention so much to the dates that stuff is happening. I think there's more value in just kind of, I use astrology personally more as a self-study practice um, than a predictive practice. Because oftentimes, what are we doing when we're trying to predict things? We're trying to use our memory of the past to make projections onto the future. And I just don't see a whole lot of value in doing that. I rather see with, see, uh, be present with what comes up, right? Anyway, so I feel like that's enough of that tangent. How to sort through the noise is to just self-study, get in touch with how the energies really feel like they're impacting you, worry more about the present than the past or future. It's a very yogic idea, right? Like all we have is now. Um, And then, so if you want to get more into the daily energies, pay more attention to the moon than than even the other planets because the moon moves much more quickly than even Mercury, which is the fastest moving. Um, so to get into Mercury and Virgo, let's just talk about why to me it doesn't matter if, so like a good example is, is it Leo season or is it Virgo season right now? Well, if we're calling the seasons based on only the sun, then like technically I guess it's almost Leo season. But we have um, the planets in September will be trickling into Virgo along around the same time that that in Western astrology, they'd be saying it's Virgo season. So to me, I'm like, yeah, okay, they just only pay attention to the sun and we we pay attention to like when they do horoscopes, it's based on your sun sign usually. Um, but in Vedic astrology, when we do horoscopes, it's based on your rising and moon sign, which is a little bit more precise. Um, so that's just what I'm saying is like the particulars are different, but to a careful and thoughtful eye, the interpretations are largely the same. And when they result to be the same, it's because we're paying more attention to the energies that are present and, and what is, what truly feels like it's present rather than looking at the past and trying to project it onto the future and predicting in that way. So I hope that makes sense. And I only went on that tangent because somebody specifically asked me that question. So if you want to get your questions answered, you can shoot me a message or an email and I will go on a tangent on the podcast just for you probably. Um, but it's also valid because we're shifting into Virgo season or are we? You know what I mean? Like, it's up to you. It's it's not that serious. I don't think it's like, it's just a way of understanding what's coming up. And I try not to get too in the weeds about the particulars and just feel. Don't think about it so much. Just feel. If I could wrap that whole thing up in a nutshell. So now Mercury's m- moving into Virgo on Saturday, where it will stay for about a week longer than a month. And that's because it's retrograding in Virgo um, from September 9th until October 2nd. So for about three weeks or so, Virgo or 
Mercury will be retrograding in Virgo, but I think that's okay. So here's another point where uh, Western and Vedic astrology differ, or at least the popular culture around astrology. Everybody freaks out about Mercury retrograde. And I think Mercury retrograde is kind of a nuisance, a little bit, a little bit annoying, maybe. Like, you have typos in your email, you forget to put the attachment, like, I don't know. So, so little annoyances like that can happen. And that's not to say they don't happen when Mercury's not retrograde. They just happen a little more when it is. Um, and so, yeah, so what, what does that mean? Mercury is communication, but it's not... Okay, so so this is important. Here's some archetypes to help understand this in in the body, the what the planets represent. So like I mentioned earlier, Leo is the heart, and you can think heart like a lion, right? Um, and Mars is the blood. Mercury would be the channels, like the blood vessels. So like Mercury, to use this analogy of the body, Mercury is like the circulatory system, not what's actually circulating, right? And then so when you apply that to um, communication or like something other than the body, um, Mercury is not necessarily what's in the email, but it's like the email server, for example, or like... So to apply that to even, um, because like, you know what I mean? Like your email point still gets across even if there's a typo in it. Um, does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. If not, here's another example. Um, in relation to communication in relationships, it's not necessarily like what you're speaking necessarily. It's do you have the channels open? right? The channels of communication. How can you communicate what you're trying to communicate between partners or friends or whatever if you don't ever talk, right? Or you don't ever have those channels for um, hard conversations or whatever, right? So I hope that makes sense. I've gotten really rambly and tangenty this episode. So um, basically what's going on is Sun is in Leo, so it's a good time to shine forth, to increase your vitality. It might also look like um, increasing your Agni or purifying your Agni. So that in yoga philosophy is also tapas. So if you're familiar with the term tapas, um, it's not just um, like to use the oil in the car analogy again, garbage in, garbage out, right? Like if you put dirty oil in your car or dirty gas in your car, your car is not going to run as well. Um, but if, even if you put clean stuff, you're still going to have to purify it every once in a while. You got to change the filters or like just cause you brush your teeth every day doesn't mean you shouldn't go to the dentist, right? Like that's the idea, um, of purifying Agni. Sometimes we need to purify and you might not like, you might not need to do a cleanse right now. That's not what I'm saying. Like your body not, might not need an oil change or it might not be the right time for an oil change for you for whatever reason, but what could you do to make sure you are purifying, um, your Agni is, is burning pure to make sure you're not experiencing those imbalances. Like I mentioned earlier, like either feeling lethargic or being burnt out, um, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and so the yoga practices we covered already in the membership this morning, 
Um, and then Mercury in Virgo, like I mentioned, it has these like back to school vibes. It's very like Mercury does well in Virgo. It's Multricone, like I mentioned. Um, but it also, it will be retrograding there, but I think it's, it, this is a great place for, um, Mercury to retrograde. It'll be fine. Like, I don't think you need to be scared of it. And that will mostly be happening in September. I'll talk about it when we get there, of course. But, um, I don't think you need to be scared of it. I think it's a good time to, um, you know, if you were trying to learn something to like go back to school, air quotes, whether it's like literally actually school or now we have this wonderful world of online courses that are super fun, um, or like just taking workshops, learning, uh, doing things that sharpen your intelligence, um, that help you speak better, help you get your point across better, open the channels of communications a little better. Then also, like I was mentioning, because the kind of big themes coming up lately, especially with Mars and Taurus aspecting uh, Sun and Leo, is is how how is your circulatory system doing? Because like I mentioned, we've kind of got the whole thing encapsulated with Mars being the blood, the sun being the heart, and Mercury sort of being the channels, like the blood vessels um, and the and the lungs and, and that kind of stuff. So are you really breathing well? Are you taking in nice oxygen through your breath, taking nice full breaths? Are you, um, could you do some cardio maybe, you know, could your cardio use a little help? That kind of stuff um, would be good to think about now. That could look like getting back into the gym, going for walks more, doing deep breathing exercises, lots of options. Um, but those are just some things to think about. And then also, um, throat chakra work related, fifth chakra related to, um, Mercury and Virgo. I kind of discussed this in our practice a little bit this morning, that it's not so much about just becoming wide open through the front to the point where you drop your head back and then now the back of your neck is crunched and your skull is kind of glued to the top of your shoulders and the back of the neck's crunchy. Uh, it's, it's really important to make sure you're opening both sides. This is sometimes called Jalandhara Banda. So just to clarify, because I've been kind of threading the journal prompts and yoga practices throughout, let's just recap now. Um, the yoga practices to work with Sun and Leo and Mercury and Virgo are third and fourth, really, because you can't do third and fifth. So solar plexus, heart, and throat chakra work, which we already have practices loaded up in the membership, a chakra meditation, and then a flow practice related to uh, core work and um, uh, neck and shoulders release to open the neck, that kind of stuff already loaded up into the membership. And then also sun salutations are good for that solar plexus chakra. Um, and then journal prompts. Do you feel like your Agni is bright and pure? Does my inner Agni feel bright and pure? And in what ways could I become more confidently expressed? So in the membership, we'll be going over sign-by-sign interpretations for all this stuff. If you want to go a layer deeper, you could also book a reading if you need a little more personalized insight about how all of this stuff is working together for you. As always, I'm so grateful that you're here. Please remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Until next time, friends.